Bearcats fans had waited over a decade for this moment. Finally, the day where they reach a Power 5 conference. The Oklahoma Sooners come into town with Fox High Noon there, Urban Meyer. We had Mark Ingram. Just a palpable buzz around Clifton. The Bearcats get on the board first. Unfortunately, it was a field goal, and they never reached the end zone once in their Big 12 debut. It had shades of that Alabama playoff game a couple of years ago where the Cats were moving the ball. They seemingly seemed pretty competitive, had some players that could play with the Sooners. But when it came down to it, just allergies to reaching the end zone in this one. What's going on, everyone? I'm Chuck Walter, your host. This is Chatterbox Bearcats. As of right now, we're still in the pilot mode, testing everything. Once basketball season starts, it's live post-game shows after every single game. There's going to be a chat box to where you can hop in, ask questions. Maybe down the road, we'll even get some callers. It's going to be good stuff. We're going to have some really good content come basketball season. And as of right now, I'm still going to fill you in with the football team and what's going on. And this was going to be a live show. Had the Bearcats taken down Oklahoma, and I felt pretty decent about it early. Uh, the Bearcats took the 3 nothing lead. Obviously, it's a very long game, and Oklahoma had the lead the majority of the game, but the Bearcats did get on the board early with a field goal. Um, they were moving it all game, I thought. I mean, Cincinnati had over 370 yards in the game, only about 60 yards less than Oklahoma. It wasn't this dominant performance by the Sooners. Now, Oklahoma probably should have scored it more than they did because they coughed it up um, in the red zone once. But the same could be said about Cincinnati in this one. I mean, the Bearcats were moving it at will, it felt like, um, at least into Oklahoma territory, they were moving it at will. And then when they got into Oklahoma territory, they couldn't do anything. Cincinnati got it down to the OU 22-yard line near the red zone, field goal. They got it down to the OU 24-yard line. Emory Jones was intercepted. Right before half, they got it down to the Oklahoma 9-yard line. They missed a field goal. That's PTSD right there. All Bearcats fans know that the kicking game has not been strong over the years, and they get it inside the 10-yard line, nothing to show for it. Then in the second half, uh, they got it to the OU 34-yard line. That ended with a really long field goal. Then the OU 20-yard line, turnover on downs. And this is just a, a string of three consecutive drives where they went for it on fourth down because they needed to at that stage in the game, and the Bearcats just couldn't get it done. It was at the OU 20 the OU 40-yard line, and the OU 42-yard line. So that is doing the math right here. Seven times the Bearcats were in Oklahoma territory, and they come away with just six points. And that's picking up right where they left off after that Miami game. They did the same thing against the Red Hawks. It appeared they were the better team against Miami. They just couldn't put the ball in the damn end zone. Now, this one, it was clear that Oklahoma was the better team, and Cincinnati would have had to have played catch-up. And, and quite frankly, if you see one at any chance in this one, there's a reason why the Cats were 14 or 14-and-a-half-point dogs, depending on what you got them at. And if you got them at 14-and-a-half, Captain Hook comes into play. Congratulations on the cover. I had him at 14, and I had him actually at 9-and-a-half because I, I, I put a bet in right before the Miami game. I was like, oh, Cincy looks good. They beat Pittsburgh. I believe in Scott Satterfield. And that was a dumb bet, considering I would have gotten an extra five and a half points had I just been patient. They say it's a virtue. 
But the Bearcats defensively, they looked pretty good. Um, maybe it just is not the same Oklahoma offense we're used to in years past, and this is a little more of a balanced team uh, with, with Brett Venables now as their head coach. But it was pretty apparent that UC could hang with Oklahoma at least on that side of the ball. They allowed just 20 points. I did mention that Oklahoma probably should have had 27 or 30 on the board. They had some mistakes in the game. But Cincinnati had chances to put points up on the board. They should have had at least 12 to 15 points in this ball game, and it should have been a little closer than it was, and that's what's frustrating. I was impressed with that Cincinnati defense, though. Uh, Dorian Jones, specifically, who had 13 tackles, he was everywhere, had back-to-back plays at one point where I think he had a tackle for a loss and then a sack and was just like a, a bat out of hell, a bat out of hell from Memphis. Taj Ward looked really good, and then Dante Corleone. I mean, he was an All-American last year for a reason. The offense, it didn't get anything going. Never really had a run game established, despite rushing for over 100 yards in the game. A lot of that was Emory Jones on some broken-down plays. Uh, He led the Bearcats with over 40 rushing yards. Corey Kiner got 10 touches, didn't do much with it. And and then just the, the committee, the Montgomerys, not much there. The receiving game, not a lot there. Emory Jones was picked off twice, was running for his life. I mean, it's clear that Cincinnati just doesn't have the horses in the trenches to compete with some of these big-name teams. I said it after they lost in that playoff game to Alabama. UC had all the skill players in that game against Bama. They had Alec Pierce. They had Jerome Ford. They had Desmond Ritter. That's three guys on offense that are playing on Sundays right now. They had the skill players to run with Bama. The issue was, up front, Bama was just way too much in the trenches, and it was the same today with Oklahoma. What we know about the Bearcats right now, at least after one game against Oklahoma, is that they can at least compete, and that's a really good thing because if Scott Satterfield was running out this team this year, and it was just a train wreck, that would be pretty unfortunate. Now, you did just lose back-to-back home games, one of them being to Miami, Ohio, for the first time in 18 years. But I'm saying that's a fluke. It's just such a tough way to start your Big 12 journey, though. You wait all this time, two years removed from a collegiate football playoff appearance. You think you may have the the horses in the stable for the long run to be a big-time program. You have this money coming in. They finally have a really nice practice facility and just facilities in general to compete with these teams. You get one chance against Oklahoma before they leave the conference. It's at Nippert Stadium. Now, I wish it was under the lights, but it's at high noon. The Fox crew's there. Um, A lot of buzz on campus. This isn't a great Oklahoma team. They weren't even in the top 15 before today. Um, Now, maybe they wind up being one of the better teams in the country. We don't know. But they weren't great last year, and they're not projected to be a juggernaut like Texas this year. And you had a chance to take them down, and you left points on the board. Points after points. Seven times you were in their territory. And this team right now, they just don't have the explosive plays on offense. They just can't do it. Emory Jones, he's not it. I texted the the group me that I'm in, the Bearcats group me that I'm in earlier today, and basically just said Emory Jones isn't it. I didn't even say that. I said, I've seen enough of Emory Jones. And everyone responded, Well, well, who do you want to see? Who's up next, Chuck? What's your 
What's your wise plan here, Coach Walter? And I said, easy now. Easy now. I'm not saying that. This is There's no easy answer here. And quite frankly, Emory Jones may be your best chance to win. Because the fact that Scott Satterfield's running him out there, Scott Satterfield knows this team better than me. He knows this team better than any other journalist or pundit or fan that's watching slash covering this team. So the fact that he ran him out there for all four quarters, even at the end there when when Cincinnati had been in Oklahoma territory six times and had turned it over on downs two times in a row, they could have gone to Lichtenberg. They could have given someone else another shot. I mean, they're not developing Emory Jones. At this point, Emory Jones is a graduate. He's not going to be here next year. So the fact that they threw him out there again makes me think to last year in that Arkansas game when everyone's pulling out their hair like, Brian stinks. This this Evan Prater guy has to be better. There's absolutely no way he's worse. We were clamoring all season for Evan Prater. And then what happens? We see Evan Prater, and he's a wide receiver right now. And, and he actually had his best game as a wide receiver. Had a few catches that I was like, damn, he looks fluid out there. He's an athlete. You know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, was running good routes, hauled one in off a high pass from Emory Jones. But make no mistake, Emory Jones isn't the problem for this team. The quarterback play isn't necessarily the problem. It's, it's a combination of many things, starting with the offensive line, and the quarterback play just isn't great. I said it after the Pittsburgh game, and I was getting roasted in my group me for, for saying this. Um, coach Jake Broadbeck, defensive backs coach of the St. Xavier Bombers. Shout out, coach. He was saying, did you even watch the first game against Eastern Kentucky? He threw seven touchdowns. He had like 300 yards, 10 minutes into the game. And I said, that's EKU. It's a, it's a Fugazi. It's Fugazi. It's, it's fairy dust. That didn't happen. He, he was who he was against Pittsburgh. They had to rely on the run in that game. And you saw it against Oklahoma today. He's just not good enough. There's a reason why he didn't work out at Florida. There's a reason why he didn't work out at Arizona State. He is not the future. The good news is, of course, he's not the future. He's a graduate student. Whether they run him out there next game or not, I have no idea. Now, if I'm head coach and it's tight at all, if Lichtenberg is almost as good or gives you just as much of a chance to win as Emory Jones, I'd run him out there. Because he's more a part of your future, or Dragas, or whoever, you know, that's that's someone that you can lean on in future years as compared to Emory Jones, who, you know, has, what, we're four games in, has eight games, potentially nine games left in his collegiate career. But I think Scott Satterfield's throwing him out there because he loves to run, and he gives you that dual threat option. You saw it with the 40 rushing yards from Emory Jones in the game against Oklahoma. I think Scott Satterfield probably thinks he gives them the best chance to win. So the Bearcats fall to two and two. Um, I, I, there's not a ton to talk about, quite frankly, aside from the fact that the the, the huge storyline in this game, Cincinnati was moving it pretty decently until they got it into Oklahoma territory. And from there, they just could not put the ball in the end zone. They could not create that big turnover that gave them a shot. Now they got the fumble when Oklahoma was inside Cincinnati's 10-yard line, but that did no good because they had to go 90 yards and they did nothing with it. So Cincinnati loses 20-6 to the final score, no touchdowns in their first Big 12 game. Uh, brutal for the Bearcats. What can you do, folks? 
What can you do? Oklahoma's been a better program than Cincinnati for a long time. Just one of these days. Maybe it's 2030. Maybe it's 2070. Maybe I'm underground. Maybe I'm in the coffin. I just want Cincinnati to start winning these games. And I'm talking basketball, too. I mean, how many times have the Bearcats played Ohio State and lost? Every time in football and seemingly since the Bob Huggins era, every time in basketball. You know, they they sign the home and home with Butler. They lose both. I just, one of these days, one of these days against these big time football programs, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Florida, Alabama, whoever it may be, just win one. Just one. And the Notre Dame game was a great start. And that was a pretty good Notre Dame team. And the fact that Cincinnati won that game two years ago brought tears to people's eyes. Literally, grownups were probably crying in South Bend because they'd never seen anything like it. You don't expect the Bearcats to win that game. But since that game, it's been just about exactly the same. Um, every big program that this football team goes up against, they have pretty much lost. Now, they're going to have a lot of chances moving forward in the Big 12. But the cream of the crop, Oklahoma, that was the only chance you had this year because seemingly everyone else on the schedule is just in. Kansas State's a really good team in the Big 12. You're not playing them. TCU's good. You're not playing them. Texas is a power this season. The Bearcats avoid them. So that is where we stand right now with Cincinnati. Let's get into around the Big 12. Not a good day for the newcomers in the Big 12. Every single team that made the transition lost their inaugural game, including the Cats. You hate to see it. Oklahoma 20, Cincinnati 6, TCU 34, SMU 17, BYU in their first Big 12 game falls to Kansas 38-27. The Jayhawks look pretty good right now. When's the last time we've said that? Mangino? It's been a minute. Rising. West Virginia 20, Texas Tech 13. Big win for Neil Brown. He's trying to keep his job, and wins like this will help. Iowa State 34, Oklahoma State 27. Houston, the lone team that was not in the Big 12 last year that won a game today, um, but they played Sam Houston. 38-7 to was the final score in favor of the Cougars. The Texas Longhorns appear to be the team to beat and appear to be playoff bound if they can take care of business against Oklahoma. They went 38-6 to over Baylor. The Longhorns are ranked number three in the country. And then the UCF Knights in their inaugural Big 12 game fall to Kansas State 44-31. to The Ohio State Buckeyes had an incredible game. Game of the night against the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Notre Dame led with, I mean, the, the final few minutes of the game, and they led with two seconds left. Ohio State punches it in, and number six beats number nine, 17-14 in South Bend. The Buckeyes get a huge win. And then another one that I think you may be interested in, the Pittsburgh Panthers, the team that Cincinnati beat that made me proclaim, Cincinnati may be winning seven, eight, nine games this season. Now, I still think UC could be uh, competing for, for a bowl game this year. Six, seven wins. If they can win seven games, I think most of Bearcat Nation will be ecstatic. But um, when they beat Pittsburgh, we thought maybe the Bearcats had a little something here. Pittsburgh has now lost three games in a row. North Carolina goes into Heinz Field 
and stomps them 41 to 24. Who's next for the Cincinnati Bearcats? Well, the schedule looks as such. It's at BYU on Friday. Then it's back home for a pair of games, Iowa State and against Baylor before the Bearcats head out to Oklahoma State and take on the Cowboys. Uh, The Big 12 as a whole doesn't look like anything special this year. So if Cincinnati can't win any Big 12 games, then, um, yeah, it'll be a really tough season. I still think, based off what we saw today against Oklahoma, that they can compete in a lot of these games. Now, whether they're going to win or not, it requires them to get in the end zone. You're not going to win any games if you're going an entire contest, you know, reaching the other team's territory seven times and then just stalling nonstop. And they were getting into, you know, they were getting ahead of the chains. They had third and two many times, fourth and one, whatever it may be. Um, they, they could not pick up that extra yardage to get the ball in the end zone, change the momentum, get the crowd in the game, and really make Nippert electric. So that's where we stand right now. The Bearcats are two and two. We'll see what this team has in them when they go up to Provo to take on BYU, a battle of Big 12 newcomers. Should be a really fun game. If the Cats win that game, you're three and two. You're pretty much back on track because I do think a lot of people thought that they were going to lose at Pittsburgh. They were six and a half point underdogs in that game. So the fact that you beat Pittsburgh and lost to Miami, I guess you could say they offset. Um, Despicable loss to the Miami Redhawks, to say the least. It's inexcusable, but I'm just saying, if you could beat BYU and get back to three and two, you're feeling all right. But quite frankly, I don't feel great about the Bearcats. They just pushed. You kidding me? They pushed. Um, I I don't feel great about the team right now. We we knew that Scott Satterfield was going to have a lot of holes in in this year's roster, and he had to fill them pretty quick. Uh, Bearcats did not hire a coach quickly by any means. It was pretty arduous process it felt like they finally bring in scott satterfield and he had to cobble this roster together and it at least competes as of right now um competed with oklahoma they just cannot put the ball in the end zone and that is the difference as of right now this is chatterbox bearcats i'm your host chuck walter again i am fired up for cincinnati bearcats basketball season obviously i love football as of right now actually i hate it uh, the Bengals stink. Joe Burrow's hurt. The Bearcats appear to stink. Um, things are just not good right now for me personally and for a lot of you, I'm sure, as a football fan. But, hey, greener pastures are ahead, brighter days moving forward, and the basketball team this year, Wes Miller and company, we're going to have a lot to talk about. I believe that. And Jizzle James we trust, and Wes we trust. Wes go. And we'll be talking about Bearcats basketball with live post-game shows and weekly shows on Chatterbox Bearcats. You can subscribe wherever you get your audio podcasts, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and that'll be really good stuff. That's right around the corner. I mean, we're we're getting close, folks. September 24th right now, right around the corner is Bearcats basketball season as they embark on their inaugural season in the Big 12. Should be exciting stuff. Talk to you soon, folks.